Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Oh, come on, y'all get up on your feet and just make a little noise in the house tonight. Come on, if you love Jesus, come on, just lift up a shout in this room. Come on, come on, I'm talking about a, a ridiculous praise, a, a praise that don't make no sense. I'm talking about crazy praise. <laughs> Remain standing just for a second. Oh, come on, Simon says, Simon says, Simon says. How many are ready to receive from God tonight? Somebody said, why'd you make us do that? Because a lot of times we get in that mode where you think, oh, it's supposed to, he's fixing to bring the word so I can just sit in for the next 25 minutes and, and check some email and crank out a tweet. and I may take a few notes in between or whatever. Now, tonight, I believe that there's a big difference between receiving something from God and just hearing from God. How I many know that's to be true? I don't know about you, but I came to receive from God tonight. Because see, if I had a handful of $100,000 checks and I said, I'm going to give them out to whoever whoever can make the most noise because you're in need of it, y'all would go crazy. I would go crazy. But then when we say, how many want to receive from God? Oh, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, I came to receive something. I didn't come just to hear something. I came to get something. I came in here with a lot of stuff, but I came to make an exchange tonight and give him what I have and in return get what he has for me. How many knows he's got something for you? He's got something for you tonight. I believe that with all of my heart. While you're standing, turn with me real quickly to the Second Kings chapter 4. While you're standing, just in honor of God's word tonight. That's just a little different, I know, but I like to change things up. Second Kings chapter 4. And tonight is going to be less of a sermon and more of an anthem. It's going to be less of a sermon and more of an anthem. Something I want you to adopt. Something I think that God wants us to adopt as a church a, a church body as well as individually I want to speak to you for just a few moments tonight from the subject making room making room are you there second Kings chapter 4 verse 1 and we're going to go through verse 7 here we go the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves Elisha replied to her how can I help you tell me what do you have in your house your servant has nothing there at all she said except everybody say except except a little oil Elisha said go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it on one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. Everybody said, kept pouring. Yes, yes, yes. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you that it is going to transform our lives. God, I thank you that after tonight, our lives will never be the same. God, may we be challenged. May may, may we be stirred in our hearts tonight to make room for everything that you have for our lives. If you believe that tonight, everybody in the house said, 
Amen. Amen. You may be seated, 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 just for a moment. We may do something crazy here in just a little bit. Who knows? Who knows? So making room, making room. Everybody turn your neighbor to and say, make room. Say, give me some room. Just give me a little nudge. Now, Bethany, you all by yourself. Just make, she got all the room. Y'all got all the room y'all need. So just look at somebody and say, give me some more, give me some more space. Give me some more space. Looking back over the different seasons, uh, seasons of my life, I was one of those people that really liked, I know this is going to be a shocker for y'all, I really liked clothes. <laughs> really? Amy's like, no kidding. Could you tell us something that was not going to be so obvious? But I really did. I was always, I was always into different trends. Uh, and if you go back through the years of my life, you would be able to see some of the scary trends um, that, that I bought into. Uh, if you're on Facebook and you're friends with me, um, you probably will see or have seen most recently some pictures that who I thought were my friends posted from way back in the day of some of those trends. Uh, you won't recognize me because I had hair, uh, but I mean, I, it was the belt, the belt with the loop, and, and I'm like, it was like, it was like everything was just to the T, and uh, I really wish that Facebook would stop. I don't know who came up with that memory thing. You know, you've got memories to, to you could share with your friends. Stop sharing that stuff. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, things like, we're in Levy County, so you guys are going to relate to this one, but the rat tail. Anybody, any guys in the house ever had a rat tail? Rat tail? Rat tail, rat tail. Y'all don't leave me hanging. I know one one particular individual, uh, me and Dane, when we were on our way down to Cedar Key the other day, uh, it's so funny to hear two bald dudes talk about having a rat tail. I don't know if it's because we were like, you know, we had hair, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We had a rat tail. You know, his was longer than mine, but um, I didn't go I didn't go down to the waist with it, but because y'all know who my dad is, because as soon as he saw me come back from the I wouldn't say barber because y'all know a barber didn't do that mess. But my mom had sent me to the the, the lady shop, and uh, and that that came back. It didn't stay. I don't even think it stayed a week. Y'all know Dennis Weber. <laughs> like what's that? <laughs> Turn it off. So anyway, that's probably why I went bald because when you idolize something, the the father has ways of of removing that. Anyway, I, things like clam diggers. I, y'all probably ain't gonna remember what a clam digger is. It's the male version of of uh, what do y'all wear? Kulaks or what? Capris. It's the male version of capris. Uh, I wore that. Oh, what's a kulak? Isn't that, that's a clothing too, isn't it? Okay. Okay, so, so clam diggers a long time too. But anyway, it was my beach attire. I mean, it was, it was really cool, cool things. Uh, I had skating attire, um, the MC Hammer, hammer pants, um, and, and the ripped off uh, shirt with, it was a muscle shirt. <laughs> the muscles were not included uh, that I wore when I went skating because it was something about when you would skate and you'd do that thing, you know, then balloon pants would blow out. And I was a little big dude and I was like, wow, I'm big. But anyway. Um, and then the, the one that, the, the one that I, I did later in, matter of fact, it was even out of my teenage years, uh, before, before I met Amy, she's like, yeah, cause we wouldn't have had nothing to do with each other. Is this jean called Jinko jeans? It's J-N-C-O. And, and it looked like you were hiding rocket boosters from Cape Canaveral under them there. I, I actually forgot exactly how crazy they look until I looked it up on the internet. You can look if you want to, but they're real real small in the waist, and then as they go down, they just flare out, and they cover your entire shoe. Like, you don't even see a shoe. It's just like a walking... It looks like you're hiding rocket boosters under your pants. You know what I'm saying? Like, push. So, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. And as I look back over my life, my closet has always... My closet has always been full of clothes. And there was this particular season in my life, enters... Amy Weber, and um, 
And, and she wasn't Mrs. Weber at the time she made this statement because had she made it prior to becoming Mrs. Weber, she never would have became Mrs. Weber. She said something like this. Hey, honey, this is after we got married. Hey, baby, um, maybe you should clear out some of these clothes, like those purple pants like you wore back when you traveled, like that you would never wear. Like, I know you will never wear ever again, not with me. You probably should get rid of those. And, and shoes and all. And, 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 and I, I know my first response in that little apartment above the beauty shop was, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not letting go of that stuff. I knew that I would never wear them, but I, I hung that cellophane that you get when you get back from the cleaners, I hung that so nothing would harm them. Like, I would never wear them again, but they were like, ah. you know, it's like that, that, that moment. It was like, that was my thing. And, but, but later, 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 I, I will say, um, I know y'all are like, dear God in heaven, if you showed up on a Wednesday night with some purple pants, I would not ever. I don't know what happened. Again, it was a trend. It was, it's just, you're like, from what planet? <laughs> but it's true. Okay, anyway. Where's, where, like, what in the world does that have to do with the message? I'm going somewhere. We're making space. So, but later on, I, I actually did. Um, on my own, she, I don't know if she was praying about it because she knew that that was not a subject. It didn't lead to good conversation when she told me I needed to get rid of things and make space. Um, but, but now, some 14 years later, uh, I've just adapted to the Amy Weber philosophy that every time my closet gets full, I give stuff away. And, um, Amazingly, I have found out, and if you've ever done that before too, amazingly I found out that as I emptied and created space, my closet filled up again. Like clothes just showed up. I don't know what kind of reproductive organs and things they got going on in there, but stuff just showed up. I don't know how it got in there. I didn't, know, I didn't order it, didn't go shopping. I don't even know. Just poof, the Holy Spirit brought it to me. I'm just kidding. But what I've learned is this. Every time that I make space, that space is filled. And it's not just a principle that I've applied to my closet. I know that's funny, and I was going somewhere, and here we go. But I've also applied it to my life. I believe it is a biblical principle that as we create space and make room, God promises to fill that space. As you remove things that is just taking up residence, that is just taking up occupying space, as you remove those things from your life, I believe because of what God's word says that his God's word is true and his promises never fail and he will fill that space. And I think it, I think it needs to become an anthem, not just for our lives, but I think that making space anthem should be also be for the church. Perhaps the reason we haven't seen God show up in our lives Perhaps the reason we haven't seen God show up in the areas that we've been like, oh God, I need you to show up here. Perhaps the reason he hasn't done that is because he doesn't have a space to actually come in. Okay, It's one thing to go, God, I need you. No, what you're saying is, I need you to fix this. But, but see, he can't just send the gift. He has to come, he has to show up. And with him shows up everything else that he is. So, so you've got to create space for God. So don't, don't be getting frustrated with God when you're still dealing with issues and he's not showing up and he's not fixing or helping you direct your steps and all these things because all you're saying is I want what you have in your hand but I, I really don't want anything to do with you. Well, but that's not how I feel but that's what your actions, actions are showing. Actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. Oftentimes we treat our relationship with God almost like a dating relationship. You know, I, when we were dating, I loved what she did and how she made me feel and how she hold my hand and how she... Smooch, smooch, and all that stuff. But when that got tiresome, I was like, okay, you need to go back home. You go to your apartment. I'm going to stay up here in my bachelor pad. This is how, you know, I, I like the things that she did and, and all the fun we had and watching movies, but at the end of the movie, you go home. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's how we do with God. It's like, I love all the things you do, but I need you to go now because there's some places I need to go and you really don't need to be, you wouldn't feel comfortable going there. <laughs> I almost said just me, but I know better. I know better. I think making room has to become a value, a value in our lives and in our home. As a church, we must, we must be, excuse me, as a church, it must become a value that we create space. If you look around tonight, there's some space. It's important that we create space. When we first moved here in January, three years ago, that'll be four years in January, where that petition is, some of y'all don't even know, where that petition was on this side of the room, that's all we had for church. That was the entrance right there, and that other room back there was our kids, and there was about 30 people, okay? And then we, we, we didn't, well, I think we really did need to create space because we were, like, tucked in here like sardines, like, it's, it was tight. So what did we do? We created space because we knew that God would fill. If you will give, if you will give God space, God will fill the space. And again, that's not just for the church. So, so there's two things happening tonight, and I'm spitting all over the place. I wonder why y'all wouldn't sit up front now, I know. And it happens during worship, too. I apologize. It's so embarrassing, but I don't know. Anyway, see, I just... We're making space. We're making space. So two things are happening. <laughs> Somebody's saying, no, there's three things happening. <laughs> you, you're trying to find it. Two things are happening. Number one, we're talking, about, we're talking about our responsibility as a ministry and as a church and as an owner, as a member of this house. She was just talking about being a member, an owner. It's your house. But we're also talking about creating space in your own life. If there's things you're believing God for, you got to make sure that you're creating space for him to show up so he can show out. <laughs> okay? And I believe that as we create space, God is going to create, he's going to create a miracle. I just think, think, think about it this way. The opposite of making room is what? Preventing room. Preventing room. Spiritually speaking, if you prevent room, you're stopping growth. If I prevent room from growing, I'm stopping. If I'm not making room, I'm preventing it. And if I'm, if I'm preventing room, I'll stop growing. And if you stop growing, you will die. Maybe not physically, but spiritually. And I don't know about you, but when I've been in a place where I'm, I'm I don't want to say dying spiritually, but when, when I'm spiritually depleted, I, sometimes physically I wish I was dead. Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's ugly being out of God's will. It's ugly trying to strain and do things on your own when you really just want him to help and you're like, God, why won't you help me? And when he doesn't show up in the time frame, you think so, you try to take it on and do it yourself. When all he said was, if you would create space for me, I could show up. We create space for, and time for things that we love and, and, and people that we love and things we like to do. You will always create space for that which is most important to you. Now, you decide how important God is for you based on how much space you provide for him. Okay? It's kind of like this. This stool here represents... This stool here represents my life, okay? And this stool here represents the space that when God created me and God created you, so this, this one represents our lives, okay? This space right here is what God created, and when he created it, he created it at, with a hole that can only be filled by him. But yet what happens, what happens is this, is, this box would represent the things in our lives that, that takes up the space, okay? Again, this space here was for... Uh, was for, for God. So things that would occupy our space or our time or would deflect us from focusing on God 
would, I, I, I like this one. I'm going to put this one. I'm going to put lavish. Is that L-A-V-I-S-H? Before I turn that around? Okay. Not that it would make a difference because I just had to ask. But anyway, lavish lifestyle. Somebody say, well, what, what, what do you mean by that? Okay, the first one's going to be fast cars, money, women. Okay? So, for some of you, that could be the thing that is actually occupying the space. The other one could be sports. Nothing wrong with it. Again, there's nothing wrong with these things. There's nothing wrong with fast cars. There's nothing wrong with one woman. <laughs> Women will get you in trouble as a dude, okay? Um, I, I'm not even saying it. I'm speaking from experience. I'm just saying that uh, sports... Uh, see how I just changed that real quick? Sp- none, of that, none of that is wrong. It's just it, God is trying to decide. He wants just to decide at what place in our life is that becoming a priority so sports could be something that's occupying uh the space here's one don't shoot me i know it's bow season coming up this weekend but hunting or fishing oh he went from preaching to meddling now or you could say your career or family again there's there's people that would take that all the way to the extreme, they go, well, my family, but if you're blocking God out of your family time, your family time, the longevity of it is probably going to have a real short lifespan. You got to make sure that God is in all of these areas because what happens is when you set that there, all of those things, now you have no room for God. Okay, I'm going to need a volunteer. I'm going to use Adam because I always pick on Jeremy. And I, he's like, dude, I'm going to stop sitting up front if you don't keep, uh, keep pulling me. So, Adam, if you'll come up and occupy this space. Adam, don't he look like Jesus? Adam is going to be Jesus. No, but i got to have that. I know Jesus wants to take that stuff away. But see, what, I, what we want to do is say, okay, Jesus, you can come on in and have a seat in the space that you, you created really for yourself. I'm, gonna hold on to, I'm still holding on to this stuff. Okay? Now, it's, it's really hard for me to... To have a relationship with, with Jesus and with God because I'm, I'm still holding on to this stuff. Like, there's no way that he, I can even have room for the things he wants to give me because I'm still holding on to fast. I almost said fast women. Fast cars, women, and uh, whatever your prerogative is. And, and cars and sports and hunting and fishing and all those things. And, and so really, then what happens is once he shows up, sometimes, and sometimes we get saved and, and we're like, hey, it's cool and I love this thing. But then all of a sudden we get bored with that and some of these things back up and we put it in a different priority it's in a different priority over him and then we kind of push him we push move Jesus get out of the way and we kind of push him out of the way and then we're stuck with this and the cool thing about him is he doesn't even even though he kind of resisted because he didn't we haven't worked on this but Jesus he won't resist the push he, he'll move out of the way okay so you got to make sure that you're creating space for God and and again some of these things, there's nothing wrong with those, but we could actually label these things with other things, other sins that we don't need to have a part. And what Jesus wants to do as he's going back to heaven at this time, he wants to, no, at this time, he wants to, he wants to, take, he wants to take those things, and he'll take them as he's going back to heaven. He's going back to see. He wants to take those things away so that the space here is for him. Okay? So it's important that we, 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 we recognize who the space is for. Again, all of, there's nothing wrong with those things. Just make sure that those things don't come before him. Because in his word, his word says, seek first the kingdom. And if you're in the spirit, you're going to know to bring me that box back as you're walking back up here. What's his word say? 
His word says, I'm working him. I'll give you 10 bucks. His word says, if I'll seek him first and his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added back to me. Because people are like, I don't want to give that up. He's not asking you to. He just wants to know, will you seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness? Then all of those things he'll give back to us. Okay? Y'all give it back up for Jesus. He did a phenomenal job tonight. So it's all about making space. Everybody say make space. Early on in our marriage, early on in our marriage, um, when we first got married, being a bachelor, you know, was was cool. Although I didn't want to be alone and and, and all those things. And and so, so, um, why are you looking, why is your face turning as red as in pants? I don't even know. I'm going to be cool though. So, mm -mm. no, rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I get in trouble. So, when she when we she moved in and we're married, she moved in and all those things. It, in my mind, it was like, "Come be a part of my world, okay? Come be a part of my world." Well, reality hit when other toothpaste and other things started floating around my bathroom, <laughs> and and I realized that I was no longer by myself, okay? But but God's word didn't say. God's word said the two shall become one, right? It did not say that one will be an add-on. She wasn't an add-on, okay? So let me say that. But it wasn't until I looked at my imperfections and she helped me realize those things because I was blinded by my imperfections. It wasn't until uh, I realized she completes me. And we're, and we're, we're one. She's not an add-on, okay? And your spouse is not an add-on. And, and likewise, God completes us. Okay, so you got to make space for him. Un- unless we make room for him, we will walk in a life, walk out our life unfulfilled. Without making space for him, we will be unfulfilled. Because again, that space was created to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Stop filling it with other things just for the moment. Amen. Had I made a slight adjustment, notice I'm bringing in last week's. Had I made a slight adjustment to my way of thinking. Uh, had I not made a slight adjustment to my to, to my way of thinking and make room, I would have missed out on the on the the best thing that God had for me. Had I not made that slight adjustment, had I not been okay with the toothpaste instead of being pushed from the bottom and rolled up, I I had to learn to be okay with it just being squished through right right up the middle. I had to be okay with that. And still to this day, she'll leave it, and when she walks out, what do I do? Put it down, I roll, I squeeze it all up, and roll it, and it's all nice and pretty right back. You just got to get over that stuff. Why? Because if I didn't make space for what God had for me, I would have never, I would, and it could be, it can be your spouse, it can be a relationship, it can be what God wants for your life, it could be a career path, a change of career path. If I'm not making space for him, I will miss out on the best thing he wants to give to me. So the bottom line is we got to make space. We got to make, got to, got to, got to, got to make space. I, I, I was thinking, and you may have seen this. This, it was horrific. I've never even known this happened. When I looked it up, I was horrified. and I had to click off Google. There's a Chinese culture that they love to have, they thought it's beautiful to have women's feet really, really small. Really, really small. So what they would do is they would break the woman's feet, and they they called it um, they called it foot binding, and they would bind the feet. And when I saw that the toes are literally broken, and they're folded all the way back up under, so it looked like I mean it was all flat. I mean you it was just and why did they do that? 
because they thought it was they they, they thought that was be- beautiful for some reason. But it was because of the, the shoes that they were wearing, the size they thought that was. But but we would label that as uh, 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 stunt growth or, or or stunting our growth. And the same thing happens in church. The same thing happens in our lives. We're unwilling to make room, and sometimes we can be broken. And what they did is they wrapped it, they, they bound that foot up so that it would no longer, it would only grow to the amount of space that it was given. There's a lot of us in this room that, that we've been broken and we've allowed the enemy to bind us up with chains and things and that it stunts our growth and we can't become what God wants us to be. We've got to make space. Got to make, got to make space. I've said this all the time that God is a filler. God is a filler. He's not a forcer. Remember? He didn't force himself in. He's a filler. If you'll create, if you'll create space. We used to sing a song way back in the white church when we would come down and visit. It said, um, Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Bring us healing with your warm embrace. Show your power. And make your presence known. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. And breath of God, we need a touch from you. Shine down on us with the light of truth. And stir our hearts and set our spirits free. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. See, you've got to create space for him to fill. There was so much happening in that song. The healing that you need, he wants to give that to you, but he doesn't want to just give you the response. He wants to give you all of him. He wants to give you all of him. We understand about making space when we closet and all. We, we understand that. But when it comes to our relationship with God, we're, we're not, I'm just going to be honest. If I can just be hard for a minute and be a pastor to you for a minute. We're not doing so well. I'm not doing so well at creating space that he needs to occupy in my life. And if you'd be honest, you would say, you know what? He's got little space in my life and he's a big God. He wants all he wants all of you. And I thought to myself, why is it? Maybe it's a lack of importance. He's just not a priority. Or we don't see the need. We're self-sufficient. Or we're complacent. We're content with where we are. I think it's important that we focus just for a few more moments on, on this story in 2 Kings. And we, 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 know that, we know the breakdown. We know that, uh, that, that, that we, as we just read, it was a woman who, whose husband had died and he, he went to the prophet uh, he went to the prophet Elisha because, because he was such a man of God and everybody knew. And if you had a problem, you went to Elisha. Kind of like when we have a problem, we go to God to help fix our problems. Amen? Create a space. So, 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 so the husband dies and, 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 he, and the, 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 the wife and the two boys are left with all this debt. And it's a custom that if there's a debt, the creditors could come in and take the sons to then become slaves but this was the weirdest thing. It wasn't just until the debt was paid. You had to work until the, the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee only came around for 50 years. 
Somebody said, that's some kind of, that's some kind of interest. <laughs> I mean, the debt could have been paid off, but you're still having to work. But, but because of the cross, we, we walk in a, in, a, in a constant state of jubilee. We're always, we can be set free. We don't, we're debt free. We're, we're, we're released from our, our shackles and our chains because of the cross. We don't have to wait 50 years. And, and, and so, so that, was the, that was what was going on. And when we see in verse 2, when, when she was explaining to, to the prophet what was going on, he said, well, what do you have in your house? Listen, everything we, and I was kind of hoping Brother Carl would be here because he'd get fired up on this right here. Everything that we need as a ministry is in the house. Everything that we need for this ministry is in the house. Everything that you need for your life, it's inside of you. Well, then how come I'm having all this issue? Because we're not aware of God's presence in our life or we're not aware of him not in our life. Because he has no space. We've not given him any space. We, we've seen it all the, we see it all the time. Uh, we've helped families in this ministry and outside of this ministry financially. Again, what people need is in the house. We see it, we see it, we've seen it for three years in a row for our Easter. What do we do when it gets close to Easter? Why am I having a hard time talking? When it gets close to Easter, we say, hey, we need you to get the eggs. It's the largest Easter egg hunt in this tri-county area. I've not seen, over the three years, I've not seen anybody publicize 30,000 candy-filled eggs. I hadn't seen a one. And somebody say, you bragging? No, I'm just pointing out everything that we need and what the goal that we set is in the house. For Christmas, for Christmas, we did it last year, we're going to do it again this year. We hand out bikes along the parade route. We hand out gifts. They're expecting candy. We gave them gifts. Where did all that come from? In the house. Everything that we need, everything that we need to, 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 to go after the vision and be successful at it is in the house. It's in the house. Everything that you need is in your house. It's inside. Listen, every resource that we're going to need as a ministry it's in the house. Every problem that's going to come, the solution for that problem is in the house. Everything that you need, every problem that you go through, every circumstance that's a little shady and jacked up, what you need to know is if you've created space for him, your solution to your problem is right there. Right there. If you can't find the solution, it's because you haven't given him space. Okay? I'm not trying to be hard. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be practical because... My thick head, that's how I was feeling. Okay, God, I get it. I got to give you more time. I got to give you more space. Somebody say there's a miracle in the house. There's a miracle in the house. Some of us here tonight have real problems with real issues. We're just challenging issues. And our knee-jerk reaction is to look out there. We go through issues in our marriage. What's our knee-jerk reaction? Tell our friends. Now we got Facebook, but before Facebook and social media, we go to work and we tell our friends. And then what would happen is our buddies would turn into our budettes. Bud, not B-U-T-T, B. I was trying to be funny, but that didn't even work out. Then we start telling someone of the opposite sex, and then we run into problems. Why? Because we think the answer is outside. But the answer is inside. If you would create space for Jesus, he'd come in and he'd, t- and he'd work everything out. You don't have to receive that, but it's true. <laughs> It's true. It's in the house. Listen, money isn't our problem. As a ministry, personally, money isn't our problem. Buildings, as we continue to grow, buildings, it's not our problem. Strategies are not our problem. Our problem is we lack awareness of what is already in the house. 
So Elisha asked her, what's in your house? She responds, nothing, nothing. Why is it when God asks us, what do we have? Our first response is to tell him what we don't have. I'm not even talking about issues. I'm just saying, when it, whenever we go to God, most of the time what we tell him is, I don't have this. They have that, but I ain't got that. Hold on. She said, I have nothing except, say except. What is your exception? What is your exception? She said, I have nothing except. Many times in life, our first tendency is to talk about what we don't have instead of valuing what we do have. We love to talk about what we don't have, but we, we're missing all of the things that God has provided. How many are blessed by God here tonight? Value the things that God has given you. Sure, the enemy will put on a, on a, on a triple screen, whatever the most fancy theater in the world is, that the enemy would love to put on that screen, and he does from time to time, all the things that you don't have that you think you are entitled to, you don't have that. So we forget about the things that he's done for us. And we don't value those things. So we start creating space for other things, losing our value, losing our, our appetite for the things that God has given us. And I'm telling you, before too long, if you keep devaluing the things that God's given you, I'm not going to say he'll remove them, but you're going to mess up so much they will not be in your hands anymore. Hear me, this preacher did not say he would take them because he's not an Indian giver, but I'm a firm believer that you can mess up stuff so much that just what happens will happen. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be. It's going to happen. It's important that we value what God has given us. This is going to be a part two message, and it's, it's okay. Say it's okay. I was really hoping that I'd, I'd come through this thing, but it's important. Again, the messages that I, that I like to share on Wednesday, on Wednesday nights, it's practical stuff. It's stuff that we deal with every single day. And I said it last week. It's the small stuff that we stumble over and create a big mess. We're good at overlooking the big stuff. It's the, it's the little stuff that, that gets us. We look at other people and we look outside. We look outside and God is saying, no, look within. We're looking, we're looking for our answers and all these other things. But God's saying, no, look within. We look at other people, we look outside. And God's simply saying, stop and look at me. If you'll give me space, if you'll give me, let me occupy some space. I can help you, I can help you prioritize these things and get everything back in order. Listen, comparison is a murderer, and it will kill your contentment. You may want to write that down. I didn't put points up this time, but you had to lean in and grab these. Comparison is a murderer, and it will kill your contentment. Comparison with others will always kill your contentment within. Until you get thankful for what you do have, you will never, you're never going to see God do something more. Until you get content with what you do have, you will never see God show up and do something more in your life. I don't know about you, but I want him to do more in my life. I want him to do more in my marriage. I, I ask her all the time, how can I be a better husband? She always, she's waiting for me to ask that question so she can go ahead and she's been thinking about it for a while. I'm, all the time, God, how can we be better at, at serving people? How can we be better at reaching lost people? How, how can we, every Saturday, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon when we leave the church, God, I, I'm, I'm like, God, how can we do this better? So that, you, so that you're glorified and people will be drawn to you so that you can reach lost people, so you can touch them. How can we do this better? Well, I tell you, first of all, you got to make space for him. 
It take it take it take all the it take all the anxiety away if we just just let just create a space and say, God, I you, you help me. But instead, we get anxious. Our anxiety levels through the roof because we're like, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. God's just saying, Make space. Make space. Make space. The only way we're going to see God do more is by continually giving him more space and making more room. So he's asking you tonight, what do you have? This, the oil in the story represents the Holy Spirit, and it has through history. The Holy, Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit makes a way where there seems to be no way. The Holy Spirit takes impossible situations and makes them possible. We anoint, we did it Sunday. The Bible says if there's anybody sick among you, call for the elders and anoint them. Pray for them. That's what the Bible says. So the, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. So, so in the story, he, he said, have your sons go grab some jars, go through all the neighbors, get all the jars that you can, and begin filling them up. And the Bible says that as she poured the oil, the oil continued to pour until there were no more jars. And so, so, so this, this jar here represents m- my life, okay? This jar here represents my life. And I'm like, God, I've created space, and I, and I, and I just fill me up. Fill me up, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Okay? I'm not going to go all the way, but oh, sure I am. Did I really just say that? <laughs> Somebody would come back and go, you really messed that up. And then this one, this represents your life, okay? This represents your life. And together, together we form the church. But how many, how many recognize there's still oil in here, but there's no more jars? I want you to do something for me real quick. I want everybody, I'm going to do an exercise real quick. Everybody all around the room, come up to the first two rows, fill up all the rows all the way across, and then keep going back until every seat in this, these three areas are full. Okay, so everybody in the back, j- just real quick, and then you'll sit there and we're going home, okay? As the music softly plays. Thank y'all for helping. Why is it why is it important for your life? to make space? Why is it important for my life? Why is it important for, for the life of Forward Church? We must make space based on the confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. Now, if you'll look behind you, we've created space. We're, do, we're doing good on a Wednesday night. Did y'all know that normally on Wednesday nights we run anywhere from 80 to 85 people on a Wednesday night? That's crazy. That's kids and that's everybody. But what I want to see, what God wants to see, We've created space. Because what I'm looking at right now was January 6th, three years ago, right here. And we dropped the wall and we created space. Oh yeah, people going to show up when new kids in town, they're doing something different. 230, 40 people on a Sunday morning, maybe we was packed out of here. 
People come because it's, it's something different. They want to see what's going on. But what I want to know is, and what I want to see, is the consistency of people's life in people's lives. And that's something this area is, 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 is struggles in consistency. We do. I mean, we're human. We, we struggle. And as a community, we struggle. But what I want to see is people who come in who are hungry for the word. Not just to hear, but they're hungry to receive. God, I need to, I need, give me something. Dennis, give me something. Bradley, give me something. I need, I need, I need a word. I need something. I, 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 my life's a mess. Oh, oh, it's because of something I'm doing? Oh, because I need to create some space. Then that's my homework. I'm, that's my takeaway. I got to go home and create space. Well, tonight we've done that. And my, my, the passion in my heart is to see every one of those other seats filled. And it's not going to happen because we post something on Facebook. It's not going to happen because we do an Easter thing. All those things are cool, but I'll tell you how it's going to happen. is when we invite somebody. When, we, when we, know, we know people are hurting. Say, hey, man, will you come to church with me? You know, a lot of people are scared about Sundays. So have them come on a Wednesday. Because Sundays, it... it, it you know, they think of a religious, an event or whatever. We, we want to completely strip away the mindset of what people think church should be. We just want them to feel comfortable coming in and being comfortable smelling like reefers, smelling like alcohol. Wherever you, wherever you are in life, we want you to feel completely comfortable with where you are. And we're going to we're, we're, we're not going to preach down to you, but we're definitely going to make sure that you have an opportunity not to stay that way. So, so my challenge is to each of us is will you make space? I, it's not going to be a part two. This is, this is it right here. My, the challenge I want to get, will you make space? Will you make space yourself to go God I don't even really feel comfortable doing that inviting somebody to church the vision of this ministry is to see this city flipped upside down to see marriages that are on the rocks to see people who are struggling financially to see people who are struggling physically to see people to see people healed that's what, we, that's what the word says. That's what we want to see happen. And I believe that it's going to happen. I believe that it's going to happen. Listen. When we, when we moved down here, I, I did not, I didn't, I, I felt complete like, you called the wrong guy. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was up for the task. I know what it feels like to have somebody say, just push on you a little bit and go, you can do this. You can, you can invite, you can, you, can, you can bring people in. We want to say, I know what it feels like to go, I'm not qualified to do it. You're looking at the one who, the most that God, I can't do this. I'm cool. She's, she's teaching. She's been teaching for five years. I got a job. I'm cool with what I'm doing. No. Push. Push. That's what you're feeling, a push tonight. God wants to use you to reach this city. It's time to make room. It's not a time to be afraid. It's not a time to be embarrassed. I don't I want people to know that I go to church. It's time to say, God, I'm available. 
I'm going to make room. God, I give, I give you the space of my life, and I give you the, I, I give you the space of, in, in my home. God, I give you I, whatever you want to do. God, it, what you, it belongs to you. Will you say that tonight? If you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I haven't done a great job at making space. But as of tonight, I'm creating space. But before you stand, know this. It's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. It's going to require you to do something that is totally outside of your character. Me preaching the word, I know it's hard to believe, is way outside of my character. I'm cool with a soundtrack and a microphone and singing and leading people in worship. That's my comfort zone. But this, believe it or not, has not been. I, dr- I used to dread it. Now I just get nervous. Not, not because I'm scared, but because I know that de- communicating God's word is very, very important. And I never want to say anything that's not in line with what he would want and how he would want it to be said. So that's what makes me nervous. So I know about getting outside comfort zone. God's saying, hey, will you make room for me? But know that it's going to require something more from you. If you want more, it's going to require more. If you're here tonight, you say, you know what? He's requiring more from me, and I'm willing to make room. If that's you, would you stand up all over this room? See, why? Because there's more that God wants to do. There's more people that he wants to, there's more people that he wants to see in this place. But there's no more jars. What's the jar represent? Vessels. Vessels. Oh, and for us, there's times that we're going to get dirty and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, things are going to happen and we may start to drift and, and we may get a little debris on our lives. Man, that's when you come and you say, God, wash me clean and now fill me back up again. So as long as we bring him a clean vessel, a clean empty vessel, he can fill it up with him. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to fill us up. But there's still oil. There's still more he wants to do. So God, tonight, we accept the call. God, first and foremost, God, cleanse us. Cleanse us of anything that is unrighteous in our lives. God, may we put you first. May we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. God, we're not even concerned with those other things right now. God, that, those other things have been the things that have gotten us where we are today in a mess. God, right now, we're just foc- we want to focus on you. Clean us up. Fill us up. Father, give us a boldness to step outside of what is comfortable for us so that we can be used to do what your word says, to lay hands on the sick and they will be made whole. They will recover. People who are blind, physically, spiritually, God, we'll pray for them and they'll be healed both spiritually and physically. God, we want to see that. God, for marriages that, are, that, that seem too, so far gone, we stand in the gap and we hold things together and we go, God can re- reconcile and repair this. It doesn't matter. God, we want to be used. God, we want to live a life poured out. God, I thank you that you're stirring our hearts. God, you're doing something inside of it. Just in the last few moments, 
God, I ask that you would that you would stir with inside of us, not just another Wednesday night, not just another midweek mix and, and songs and a cute little message with laughing illustrations. God, we want something more. So God, we 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 stop and just say, we give you more space. God, have your way in our lives. Have your way in our homes, God. Every decision that we make, every relationship, friendship, God, we commit it to you. That your will be done. God, that your kingdom would come to earth. And be set up as it already is in heaven. In the last 60 seconds, just in your own, just in your own way, just 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 you with God. Maybe tell him something you hadn't told him in a while. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want I want you, you just not out loud. You can just from your spirit just say, God, I, I give you this. I commit this to you. I yield myself to you. I commit this relationship to you, God. I ask that you would help me direct my steps. God, help me to, to, to be more. Help me to give more of my time. God, help me to make space and time for you in a world that is crazy. Set my heart on fire. Set my family on fire for you, God. Forgive me for where I fall short. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.